Welcome to the Family Court Watch Missouri podcast. We're telling stories of protective parents in their own words who have allegedly experienced incompetent, untrained, or corrupt court officials. If you're a protective parent in the middle of proceedings to protect yourself or your children, but find the system is contributing to the abuse, we want you to know you're not alone. This is a nationwide problem and the taxpaying voters need to know so they can help change the family court system. For the sake of protection, parents' and children's names have been changed. Listen at your own risk, but Family Court Watch Missouri believes the information in these stories is authentic to the best of our knowledge, and as such, it may include the absence of some key information. This is for informational and educational purposes only, so please speak to an attorney for legal advice. After the mini-series of stories are told, we will share beneficial information for maneuvering through family courts. We're going to begin with Hannah's story because most, if not all of you, will relate to her opening paragraph. I don't know best how to put it into words, but everyone thought I was lying about my ex-husband because I kept losing in court. It messed with my head. Why was I losing when I was the one telling the truth? Also, I was flat broke. I was earning $11 an hour and burdened with lawyer fees. After I left my husband and after a recent house fire, I moved into a different house. Sometime later, the insurance company reimbursed me for replacement costs of items destroyed by the fire. My attorney held the check for me for legal purposes, then proceeded to tell me not to come to court the day they decided, unknown to me, to pay my guardian ad litem with the insurance check. They didn't care that it was underhanded without my knowledge and that I had no bed to sleep on, no washer or dryer, and no furniture to sit on. Thankfully, God put it on some local Christians' hearts to ask me what I needed. Giving my ex-husband sole custody and only allowing me to see two of my kids once a week when he was the abuser felt like corruption. Divorce is messy and hard on everyone, leading to one of my children running away because I told her to sweep the kitchen. She called the police and the police told her that she was considered a runaway if she did it again. Immediately, the guardian ad litem sent her to my ex, the children's abuser. Next, they dropped the restraining order against my ex in a closed door meeting without my permission. I was terrified and had great reason to be, even if court professionals who never lived with the man disagreed. My learning disabled daughter with a four page document from the doctor listing her disabilities and with a letter from vocational rehab was emancipated by the court. Why would the court emancipate a disabled child from their protective parent? The guardian ad litem believed the lies of two of our kids over the truth of the other five. She ignored the truth from our research scientist grad student and believed our daughter with documented mental illness. She rejected my state representative's testimony. He and his wife were close friends of mine who knew my children and my ex-husband. She had psych evaluations done on myself and my ex. His showed a personality disorder, one that is common in domestic abuse family court cases. The divorce decree prohibits me from telling anyone the results. Mine came back normal, 
but he was the one treated as normal. Everyone believed his accusations that I had personality disorders while they ignored the professional psych evaluations ordered by a court official. Aaron Burleson was my judge and always cited against me, save once. My ex was able to get a restraining order against my new husband. Tim Lomer was the prosecuting attorney for the case. My legitimate restraining order against my ex was dropped while my ex won a bogus restraining order against my new husband. Many times it felt like my lawyer was working against me. I changed attorneys three times. My ex forwarded my mail to his address. I paid my lawyer to sue him for it, but to my dismay, nothing was ever done except for keeping my money. When my ex stole the insurance check, which was for repairs on the house after the fire and paid his attorney with it, he had no consequence other than to give the check to United Services. After all this, he got away with spanking kids with swords, throwing a child into the wall, and throwing our daughter down a set of stairs on two separate occasions. I was constantly on the defensive trying to protect the children with no legal recourse to do so. During the drawn out court battle, my abuse case against him got dropped without my permission or knowledge and without explanation. We fought him in court, but from pure exhaustion and no further hope, we finally took a serious loss just to have the divorce final and to be done. That's the end of Hannah's story. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for more of our stories about family court misconduct.